Thank you guys so much. Uh, I appreciate our worship team. They, uh, they do a great job for us, and they're always seeking the Lord. Amen? That's good. Um, if you're new, yeah, thank, give them a hand. Um, we know all glory goes to Jesus, but Jesus glorifies himself through people. That's what he does. And um, that's the original intent and purpose. God wanted Israel to be that family by which he revealed his glory, and we are now grafted into that, praise God, through the blood of Jesus Christ. So that's amazing. If you're new here and you want to um, send your kids back to Sunday school, you can do that. You don't have to. If you want to keep them, you're more than welcome to keep them in the service. We're fine either way. Um, Just uh, make sure you bring the right kid home. So um, anyway, Uh, we don't pass a plate here ever. Um, there's a box back there in the back. Um, so I say that to say that if you want, if you, at any point this morning, if you feel like you want to sow into, uh, Brother Chico's family, his ministry, um, make the check out to, um, Freedom Ministries and then put his name, Chico, in the memo. If you do that, we'll make sure he gets all those checks. If you want to give cash, there's some envelopes back there. If you put cash in an envelope, please write his name on it, or we won't know it goes to him. We'll assume it goes to the church. So if you want to give uh, cash to him, put his name on the envelope, we'll make sure he gets 100% of all that. <clears throat> we don't take anything of what you give uh, from that at all. It all goes to him. Um, and those, I guess a few of y'all in here maybe have been down there with him. Anybody been down there with him at one point? One, two, maybe? Um, so anyway, I've, I've been down there as well. It's a, it's a privilege and a, and a pleasure um, seeing what he does. Um, I, I wish, I always say this, because I, I wish the, that the American church had the same tenacity, but we get lulled to sleep with our Americanism and think that the goal of existence is making money and paying bills and having a good vacation. That's, that's kind of our, that's how we wrap up things. And then maybe, maybe, hopefully, our kids turn out okay. <laughs> that's... We've really dumbed down our dreams. Um, we, we're, we're created for more than what we actually lived in. And, uh, you know, I say this almost every time he comes here, but they, they uh, drive endless hours on roads you and I wouldn't even walk down just to reach one or two people. Um, the American church is, if it's not convenient, they won't come. It's just true. Um, if there's no AC, forget it. If they got to drive more than 15 minutes, not coming. You know, I moved here from Houston a long time ago, <clears throat> and down there, I don't care if you went five blocks, it took you half an hour. I mean, it was ridiculous. And you, just, you just realize that no matter where you go, it's going to be 30 to 40 minutes getting to where you want to go. That's just the way life is. I come here, and people from the north side of Harrison wouldn't drive down here because it's too far. Serious. Lots of them. And I was like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> like... The world is not Harrison. Like, you need to <laughs> sacrifice a little bit and drive a little bit farther. So those of you who drove this morning to be here, may the Lord give you a crown. And uh, it's funny because we drive 40 minutes to church, to town, and we drove an hour and a half one way for five years to go to a church we went to three times a week. And uh, didn't think anything of it. <laughs> so these guys put some miles on some trucks to go reach a bunch of Indians. 
that uh, the rest of the culture just frankly doesn't care about because they can't tithe and they don't have a lot of money. And you go there and there's a mud hut with a grass roof and, and a DVD player in the corner, which is really odd. <laughs> We're in a service one time down there and this little kid runs by and while I preach it, he pops a little DVD and I'm like, this, is, this place has got electricity, it's the grass hut. He's like watching some cartoon or something in the corner. It's awesome. Anyway, um, they put all their money into the gospel. They don't get rich. I've known him for a long time. So um, I'm not trying to manipulate you. I don't, those of you who know me, I never talk about money. I just don't. Um, but for his sake, I will. I think that, you know, if you guys can bless him this morning, that would be amazing. I would appreciate that. The Lord would appreciate it. Uh, you're sowing into a very good work. Um, of course, if you don't have it, we understand. Don't put yourself in a, in a bad spot. But if you don't have it, then pray for them. But we're, we're extremely thankful and grateful to have him here this morning. And um, bro, we just, we're, we're thankful. Come on. You guys give him a hand. Thank you, boss. Hallelujah. So it's going to be fun today. Thank you all so much yesterday for the... The company and the, the food, it was great. I was struggling last night a little bit, try not to show it, because I don't eat turkey. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, hold on. Oh, I forgot to do something. Yes. David, where you at, David? Where's David? Hey, I did it, man. I want my hundred dollars. What do y'all mean? Y'all didn't hear. You see that he was, when he was giving announcements, he said the first guy that goes over there and picks up that box of tissues gets a hundred dollars. Should have been paying attention. No, no, I'm just playing. But I know you weren't paying attention though. So, hey, I, hey. Hey, I'm, I, that's just a slick way of trying to, you know, it's a little slap in the face. Now, he already got really hard on the American church. I don't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's just family. I'm sorry, Facebook, but we're just doing family today. There will be no uh, expository teaching. Um, but not against that. Do do that sometimes. I, I guess that's what I do. I don't know. I jotted a bunch of verses and I call, call myself teaching. But, um, but Chad is an amazing teacher, so I shared the thing on my Facebook. So if you want some kingdom teaching, because I know everybody listens to whatever. I don't, I don't know if people watch TV anymore, but they listen to it somehow. And he's a really amazing, amazing kingdom teacher. If I was here in America and I was just listening to a teacher, I for sure would be listening to him. There you go. See, you didn't know. That was a, uh, what do you call that when you like give somebody a... A plug. I gave him a plug. But I really mean it. I really do. I really do. He didn't put me up to that. Um, yeah, so, but I was having a little hard time. And yeah, like today's just going to be family time. So, like I say, and it'll be all around Jesus. It'll be around the Bible. That's what, that's what it is, you know. Um, church doesn't look a certain way with, with me. I don't, I don't even like that rhetoric, personally. Like this morning, I, I was walking, and one of the, 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 the national missionaries called me from Mexico in the mountains, and he was like, hey, he said, like, what you doing, you know, and I'm showing him where I'm at, you know, he's like, 
I said, yeah, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting ready for church. He's like, well, what do they call it there? I said, well, they call it church. <laughs> and he's like, that's weird. Like, why? Because, you know, in Spanish, you would never say, hey, I'm going to, like, we're going to do iglesia. That is makes, that's just stupid. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it, you just don't do, you are a church. You, you never do church. You know, they say, hey, vamos a hacer un culto. And I, and I was like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, it don't make sense, man. I'm sorry, but yeah. So, but last night, yeah, I was, but like for me, like I say, churching is everywhere. I, like, there, like this is very, like a while ago we were like sing, sing, sing that song, right? To me, that was special. I, I love that. But But I'm not sitting here, maybe like some of y'all, like some of y'all may have felt a sweet, sweet presence and you don't want that to end. That's cool. But because that's all you got. For most people, you know what I'm saying? It's like we come, we want someone else kind of to get us into the presence. And that's what you've been taught in your American Christianity. And I'm not saying nothing negative about it, but that's kind of your, that's what you, that's your Christian culture, Right. But, but no, this, and so me, I'm like, let's go to transition. I don't care because this was a taste test. This ain't where it's done. If this is like, you know, when you're, when you have, when you're in, a, you're in love, you have your date, you go to a party, you're really, or a restaurant, you're really enjoying that person you're in love with, that atmosphere, but you're with people, you're in public. But intimacy happens alone. It don't matter what you say. It does. That's why Jesus said, secret place. That's not rhetoric. That's not poetry. That was something very specific, very intentional, Jesus said, when he mentioned prayer, his presence, and he said, secret place. Doing it corporate, too, is great. Doing it together, great. We sure see that in the Bible. They did it together. There was a time for prayer. The guy got healed when they were going to do prayer in their normal Judaism still. God did a miracle with the crippled guy, right? So it was, yeah, and then the Acts, there's all kinds of places in the Bible where they came together and prayed. But Jesus specifically said something about knowing him, secret place. And you just can't get away from that, okay? So I'm saying this was just a taste test. Go and enjoy him where you don't have to be in a rush. You know how satisfying it is to get up at four and know that no one's going to mess with you for three hours? And you ain't, you ain't in a hurry. You got to go to bed at eight, though. <laughs> but that's what I ask you. So when we talk about priorities, you know, is he just like, is he like extra credit or is it priority? I can tell you if he's priority, your life would be way, way, way different. And I'm not saying you're like, fan, I don't know you, so I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not being negative at all. But I'm just saying, by experience, when he is your priority, everything's different. You, 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 you see life from a different place. You live life from a different place. You talk from a different place. You spend money from a different place. You spend time from a different place. And it's all about him. It's not cool, new rhetoric. It's not. This is really, really kingdom stuff. So like, yeah, so, so Latin, now I'm going back to last night. So last night, yeah, I was, there was a struggle in me a little bit. 
Because like what I'm right, what I'm doing right now is I'm fixing to be very vulnerable. You know, Chad just made it very, very clear when he was up here saying, I don't know if you caught it or not, like we're all going through something. If you're living a life in this fleshly body, you are going through something. Period. Um, now the 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 difference is who if you're going through it alone or who you're going through it with. That's the big difference maker. You're not going to get out of going through it though. So whatever, whatever you have to reposition your theology, go ahead and do that. Because Jesus said it very clear. Hey guys, I got some really good news. In this life, there's going to be a lot of tribulations. He said it with a smile though. That really ain't don't sound encouraging, especially 1980 faith theology encouraging. But this is what he said. He said, but don't worry. Don't trip out. Why? Because I have overcome the world. The resistances and all the stuff that the world will throw at you. It's normal. I'm not surprised by it. I'm letting you know it's going to happen. But I'm letting you know that you don't have to worry because I have overcome the world. That's that is. See, that's why. See, that is what some of the Baptists bring to the table. That a bunch of goofy, emotionalist charismania don't. They bring some like fundamental truth that sets you free. Then they ignore some other things, you know what I'm saying, which ain't really healthy. But that's not what I'm talking about. But that specific thing about just fundamental truth from the word of God, no emotionals, no emotional things attached, no situationalism, no circumstantial, no straight up truth today. I don't have to. They don't have to get me in the mood to worship. Why? Because I read the Bible. <laughs> I know that where two or three are gathered, he is here. I don't have to feel that. I know that. And then when I go after that some, I get to feel it too. But I don't wait for that. I don't wait. That's not my reality. My reality is more the word of God, the truth. And that's what I try to live in and walk in. So, all right. Then again, we're going to go back to last night. So last night, yeah, I got to put my missionary face on and meet everybody, and I did, and it was really cool. I met several of you, uh, met David, David back there, and man, I guess, Chad, that's the way you grow a church. Just bring a whole nother church here. The dude's got 10 kids. <laughs> hey, I guess that's how you do it. That's what the Muslims are doing. <laughs> You know, the Muslims are, they're taking over the world because they still believe in having kids and they don't believe in abortion. Uh, it just is what it is. The Christian nations, not saying Christians, but Christian nations, they got different agendas. But anyway, um, yeah, so, but that, yeah, I met a lot of people. It was cool. But in the back of my mind, you know, so I have, last night, he mentioned it a while ago, my son so, so and like I said, I'm just going to be very transparent and vulnerable with me. Let me read why I do that first so we can make it look Bible. Okay, I'm going to read this. Please don't go there. Just listen to me. 
Uh, I can't see that good anymore. Up close, and I can see good. You know, I'm driving, don't be scared, but like, like reading, uh, not, not, too, not, not as good, you know? But anyway. So um, I'm going to tell you kind of where, 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 where I get my preaching style from. All right? I, didn't get, I did take homiletics. Got a good grade in Bible school. Uh, Bible school. They call it a school of ministry. I don't know quite if it qualifies. As a, it wasn't credited or credentialed. Is that what you say? It wasn't credentialed? No. What's the word? Accredited. Yeah. See, there you go. But nevertheless, I did take homiletics, and I had a really smart man teach me. His name is Dr. Michael Brown. You know, you know what he taught us how to preach? You know, most homiletic classes, like, they, give, they show you how to, like, be a good speaker, bring home the message, you know, produce for Christianity, you know, as a speaker. This dude didn't teach us none of that. He told us, like, don't preach out of emotion, be led by the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, for sure study, you know, he's, that's a very studious guy, but it, yeah, just very common, normal things, but as I, so... But this is kind of where I get my preaching style from, and a lot of guys would not agree with this, but hey, whatever. Um, so in, in John 1, no, 1 John 1, um, this is at the beginning of a, a letter. John wrote, the, you know, the beloved, and he says, that which was from the beginning, he's talking about Jesus, which we heard, Jesus, which we have seen with our eyes, a real person, Jesus, which we have looked at with our hands and have touched, Jesus. He says, this Listen to this. This was, I guess, his preaching style, I guess. He said, this is, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it. We testify to it. We proclaim it to you, the eternal life, which was, now this is the kicker, which was with the father and has appeared to us. Now, this is where it's cool. He says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is what? Is with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. He did not say, I am up here propagating a new religion. He's saying, I'm in a relationship, communion, 30 years later, after Jesus had flew into heaven. 30 years later, he still talks as if he's walking around with Jesus. That's his, that is his language. That's the tone. He says, I'm in communion with the Father. I'm in communion with Jesus right now. And that is from the place that I talk to you right now. It's not box theology. It's the word of truth, the eternal truth, out of a real relationship. And I'm going to tell you, that's what changes the world. I never look, I've had so many experiences in these last years with Hindus and Muslims. It's not like the media tells you the narrative. Oh, and like Christians, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard everywhere. I don't care wherever you go in life, if you travel in ministry, every place you go to will say, this is the hardest place. But when it comes from a place of a relationship with God, what I have seen, the helper, Holy Spirit, Amen. knows exactly how to get people's attention. Amen. That's what he's for, I imagine. The other day I'm reading in Luke 1. Before Pentecost. 
This is going to mess with some of your Pentecostal theology. But before Pentecost, John the baby in the womb filled with the Holy Spirit. Mama, when Mary comes to the house, filled with the Holy Spirit. Daddy been muted for nine months. They ask him, who was his name? He's unmuted, filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Who were they? Why? They were the initial human beings that actually testified and was witness of Jesus Christ. And then God, the Father from heaven, gave an audible when he came out of the water. This is my son who I'm well pleased. It's all about witnessing about the son. That's why, like, what did he say in Pentecost? Hey, y'all go wait. This power is going to come on you. And here's the reason why. So you can be my witnesses. We've overcomplicated it. We've made it into Christian magic. And we have created a culture of Simon the sorcerers. And everybody's trying to go pay for the trick. Because it really ain't about Jesus. He's kind of the secondary thing. It's really about us. It's just cloaked in ministry. Not evil. Pretty much a human thing. This is the element we live in. We want to feel validated. Pretty normal. At the end of the day, when you get into the secret place, them type of things are exposed, though. That's why you can't afford not to live in the secret place. You can come and cloak and be deceived all day long coming to church. James, half-brother of Jesus, that's what he tells everyone. He's got the, he has the, the big dog church in Jerusalem. He's got the first Baptist church of all of Jerusalem. He's got the, main, the big wigs. And he tells, very, speaks Proverbs of the New Testament. He says, hey, don't deceive yourselves in coming here and being a hearer only. Be a doer of the word. But see, that's what, but, so he's saying that you can come to church all day long and be part of the, the number one first awesome church. Your pastor is Jesus' brother. And still be deceived. But I'm telling you, out of experience, if you make it a priority to go get in the secret place with Jesus, you can't cloak that stuff. He reveals it in a loving way. You know what he revealed? So I'll be transparent. What he revealed to me today. The reason why I asked these guys to sing this song is because I needed it. Well, no, I will say I administered. I needed it this morning and it ministered to me. And I was like, maybe these some of these guys need it. And, you know. And so I'm sitting there, and I need it like over and over again, you know, almost every day. That's weird, huh? You think, you know, oh, ministers, pastors, what are they getting to a place? They're good. No, they ain't. They need it. If if you don't feel needy, be careful. So I'm sitting there in this morning, and I'm like in the secret place because I woke up at 2 o'clock this morning, still kind of on like African time, you know? 
That's where I just came from a couple days ago. That's cool, whatever, man. Uh, I ain't gonna try to go back to sleep. Chad had given me some little uh, espresso, so I just went and got one and just sat in bed and drank espresso and just tried to spend time with God. I don't know if it was the espresso or just my mind, but you know, I couldn't hardly pray. You know, it's like, and that, that's a common thing. Now, I'm trying to tell you that it's a common thing. I go, I make it a priority to try to show up. But I'm going to tell you, it's a lot, if, it's sad. If you could get into my brain, you'd be like, bro, that's, that's weak. Like, I, I start out, Father God. Then all of a sudden, my mind just goes somewhere else. Uh, you know, Jesus, I love you. I'm going to make myself tell you, I, I love you. I love you. I'm going to do it, like, you know, like, like, I love you. I need you. Thank you. Then all of a sudden, come to my mind, you know, like some stuff I've been dealing with. Oh, well, help my son in this, and then you help my wife in this, and then, da, 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 you know, and then and all of a sudden, my mind will float away again. And just to be reduced to that of just like, man, I'm not here for the blessing. I just, I just want you. I just want you, you know? But this morning, you know, I got slapped upside the head pretty good. I felt very clear. Um, Chico, you're a horrible listener. Oh, dude, for real? Why? Like, and then he just he gave me just gave me these flashes of like my horrible experience. Well, this, your wife, just this time. Your your kids this time. Your little brother the other day. Uh, this and I'm like, and then then I got rebuked. It's like was and and then and then Chico, you get mad when you didn't listen good at all. And they went and looked for alternatives because, and you, had, you, you missed the place to really be like you're supposed to be. Because that's what all, the kingdom of God, that's all it is anyway. It's just relationships. Your relationship with God and relationship with other people. Everybody can call it institutionalized at church, blah, blah, all that goofy talk. No, it's, it's family. It's, it's relationship. And that's all it is. That's why the rhetoric is brother, sister. Paul calls Timothy his son, faithful brothers, faithful sisters. That's the rhetoric in the New Testament because it's what it is. It's family. To make it anything else, and that's why I'm finna like murder some sacred cows in a minute. I mean, because it's just healthy. We need to. Because we, we, we continue to play along with this Christ, Christian culture game and propagate these things that just make us more empty and we don't even know it. So, um, yeah, so last night, yeah, man, he, he told me some more stuff too. That, that's what I'm saying though, you know, like usually I wouldn't tell y'all that, hey man, you know what, you're talking to me, you probably shouldn't, I'm not that good of a listener. You know, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, see, yes man, I'm man, I'm man, you know, like, but that's what I'm saying. In a secret place though, those rebukes are love. Like, I didn't come out of there feeling like, oh, I'm depressed. I want to give up now. I'm like, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, but there was a, like a, a, there was a, like a, wow, man, he let me see that. But then he let me feel, well, I say that, I tell you that because I love you. I don't tell you that because you're, to, to, so you, you, that, that becomes your identity. No, that's where you're messing up. Fix it. And then he gives us the grace and the mercy to fix this stuff, Right? We're in process. Paul, taught, Paul writes, he's like, I haven't arrived. But one thing I do, I ain't thinking about the past. And I ain't thinking about my accolades. 
You know what I'm saying? He's like, no, I'm, I'm looking forward. I ain't got time for all that. Let's go. You know, but he didn't say I've arrived. He didn't. So, so I'm sitting there last night. <laughs> back to that, you know. Back to the Thanksgiving meal. And I'm knowing, you know, see, so when you're, so when you're a missionary family, a foreign missionary family, that's what Christians call us. Um, what, um, what my life has looked like as a foreign missionary is we moved from the United States. I, I moved from the United States, went to Mexico where I live and met my wife down there. She grew up as a missionary daughter and we had children. Our kids were born in Mexico and that's home for us. We travel here occasionally. So that's why, yeah, it's, it's easy for me to preach here with you because I come here once, I, most places I come once every two or three years. This place is, feels more like family. I get to come here every year and I don't feel like that I'm bothering Chad. You know what I'm saying? I tell missionaries all the time, dude, don't be, don't, don't be trying to go to them places every six months. Them pastors don't want to see you. <laughs> I just to be straight up with them. You know what I'm saying? Like when they see missionary, they all of a sudden think money. You know what I mean? Like I've never talked about money. I don't talk about money. Not scared to. If you want to ask me, I'll tell you about it. But, that's, but most pastors, what I have realized, if you call them and you don't know them, they're like, they just, they, they think you, they, they, they have, oh, money, we're going to have to come up with some money. You know what I mean? And I tell missionaries, hey, dude, no, nah, get the work and let God open the doors. And it's going to be what it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? Work with what you got. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, so, but considering my missionary type, family, life, whatever, my kids homeschool down in Mexico. And we don't live, we're not missionaries like in a big city. There's a lot of, most missionaries most of the time go to a bigger city. It is very foreign. It looks very romantic. It is what it is. But you kind of can live in a third world country like a king because economically it's way different, right? So it is, it is different. It is foreign culture. It is not America. So there is a certain way. Where we live, um, and I said all that to say, where we live, there's not organized sports, right? So for teenagers and kids, organized sports in America is a big thing. And because, you know, my, my kids, when they used to, when we come and visit America, they see all the friends and see they get to participate in the football, basketball. And that's the thing. My kids are big. They're athletic. And they know that that's just not something that they'll ever get to do. So as a dad... Yeah, you feel bad. But what do you do? You know, I try to fill in gaps, try to make things right, this, that, and the other, and whatever, whatever. So my, one of my sons showed interest in boxing. So when I come out here to the States, I had set him up. Well, I know a friend that does some ministry in a ghetto and down, in, down on the border. And, this, and, and I was like, hey, man, my son wants to try to do some boxing, you know, and he just basically opens up his, his, his gym to the, you know, people, you know, the kids after school. And so Elijah went over there a couple of times, learned a couple of things, and he just trained on his own, whatever. But last night, but, and so all of a sudden, as I had all these trips set up, you know, to do, and all of a sudden this, this uh, tournament comes up. Now, he's never in his life participated in any kind of you know, organized sporting event, but he gets an opportunity to go to Dallas and box. And I know it's very, very important to him. He's never going to show me that because he feels like he's got to be tough. He's not, you know, but deep down inside, I feel very, very bad last night. He fights, he wins his fight. 
Then he goes to the championship round. He's like I say, he's never participated in anything. And both of his parents are not there. And I know you can say, man, God, you're a horrible parent. How are you even preaching to us? <laughs> Take care of your family first. I get it. That, yes, that's what I preach all the time. My, my family is my first church. I'm responsible personally for about 50 churches in Mexico. And then I have relationships all over the world. But, but my, 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 my family is my first church. They're not my God, though. You can take that however you want to. They're my first church, though. God first, then my family. That's where they get the priority. I couldn't switch up things, and I couldn't be there. So, but he won. And now that I, and I didn't plan that like that, you know, like to not be there. Now that I get the planet, I will be there. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying sometimes in this life, as you walk with Jesus, there are sacrifices. And every time it gets inconvenient, to you, don't switch up and say, God said, because God is not schizophrenic. It would be just rather better just not to even use the rhetoric. If God says, God says, right? I'm not saying you to, I'm not telling you don't say God said when he said, but just to use it so loosely to make yourself, to make it carry more weight. Don't do that. Because you cheapen the word of God and you cheapen your testimony of everyone around you. And they say, man, this dude said this and now I got a little hard and it's a switch up. And all of a sudden God said, I'm not saying there can't be circumstances that happen like that. I'm just telling you it happens a lot right now in charismatic circles. And the word of God is being cheapened. It loses its value and its stock. Because we so loosely, without the fear of God, just throw this around. Because we have become familiar with the sacred things of God. I'm not telling you don't. I know that the culture has really tried to get people to be open, to to operate in the spirit. And you should just walk with a little more awareness that you are ambassadors of Christ. And an ambassador that goes right now to Israel or to the Gaza Strip in the name of America, they ain't just going to say anything. They're going to be very aware of every word they say. We're ambassadors of the kingdom of God. But Christian culture has cheapened this stuff. Okay, so I'm off that. So that's why I was having a little struggle last night, man, because I really didn't want to be there. But, ni modo, can't be there. We're here today. I'm being transparent to you. And through me talking to you, all this stuff, I don't know how the Holy Spirit is talking to you. But I believe he is. So, let me go back to these little notes. I did jot some notes down. Okay. So I just come back from DRC, the Congo. So we're going to see a little bit of geography here. I've noticed that a lot of Americans, like he said, Harrison, there's more to the world than Harrison, right? So most Americans, for some reason, only know about America because, and you know what? I'll be honest with you. The rest of the world only kind of knows about America. Why? Because Hollywood kind of runs the world. 
Like when you go to Europe, when you go to Africa, when you go to India, when you, yes, there are some other companies, but if you go to a mall in any other country, what's going to be playing on their screens is American Hollywood. And so through the eyes of that, so that's, so you have been represented through Hollywood. Just understand that you have been represented to the world through the, through the, through the narrative of Hollywood. Understand it. So when you go to another country, have that in the back of your mind. You have been represented as Americans from the narrative of Hollywood. And so, look, geography. Okay, the Congo was recently, or some years back, called the Congo. Now, we've all heard the Congo. You think of, you know, gorillas or, you know, natural... Geographics, or I don't know. I don't know what you think about it, but yeah, it's it's got a, it's got it's one of the richest countries in the world as far as resources, for the stuff that's under the ground. Um, there's two Congos. Um, they uh, so a large part of Africa is Christian by name. Okay, just like America is Christian by name. But on the international platform, they do represent morals better than us. Like, we look, we're looked at like a joke. That's why Putin makes fun of us all the time. Because he's like, you idiots. Look at the Church of England. Look at America. Look at Canada. They're Christian nations. And look at all their agendas. They send their representatives to Africa, to the Christian nations, to try to bully these people to accept the narratives. And those guys say, no, put us on sanctions, whatever, we're not. Our culture is not going to do that. Now, that's on, now, like I said, that's on the international stage. That's why Muslims do have a lot of, they do gain a lot of ground with young people because they actually look like they stand for something. America, Canada, Europe, you do look like you stand for nothing, but whatever the political agenda is on an on a international scale. That's why I tell you always here in America, represent Jesus well. Don't get caught up in the narratives of all of the politics. Please, because no matter what you think, even the Republic Party. Yes. So what do you think? You, th- you think they represent the kingdom of God? Oh, no, but Brother Chico. Yeah, the way their stance is on abortion. They didn't shut abortion down. Are you crazy? They just made it more palatable so you'll vote for them. Oh, the way the, uh, the home of the LGBT, da, 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 this, that, and the other. They shut that down. Like I say, it's a joke. That's why I say, don't even, don't, that's not your solution ever. Your solution is the secret place. And it starts with you. And it starts with the people that you reach. And then the people that they reach. And it's very grassroots kingdom stuff. Like I say, it's nothing to be fearful. It, yeah, and that's another thing. They propagate fear. When the corona and all the vaccine, whatever side you was on, everything was propagated by fear. Everything. I don't care which side you're on. I don't care if you're on the conservative side. They still use fear. Jesus don't use fear. Jesus uses faith. Anyway, I can't talk about that too much anymore. But anyway, so I was in the Congo. In the Congo, 
And I think it's very ironic, and I'll go ahead and say this is very funny to me, because I, my name is Chico. I'm a white boy, got a little bit of Korean in me, got some European in me, obviously, got some Native American in me, grew up around pretty much all black folks, been living in Mexico for the last, with the indigenous Aztec people for the last 24 years. So yeah, I'm not racist, but I thought it was really cool that last Sunday I was preaching in the Congo and like in the, in, out in the woods, they call it the bush. And yeah, I don't know if you know, but in the Congo, there's, it's nothing but black people. It's Africans, okay? There's not anybody else, okay? And today, um, this Sunday morning, I'm in the pulpit in Harrison, Arkansas, a place known for the Grandmaster KKK. I know that you local Harrisons don't like me to say that. I'm sorry. But I'm telling you, the other parts of the, the, United, the, the state, that's what they, that when you hear Harrison, that's what we think. When you're in Little Rock and you hear the word Harrison, that's what you remember back in the day. I'm sorry, y'all got bad press, uh, but that's what it is. We don't know anything else about you. I'm sorry. So do something, Chad. Create a, yeah, you know, create an industry or something. You know, I don't know. Harrison is the place you go through as you go to Branson. And then, you know, that's where the Grandmaster lives. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that's people in Little Rock. That's what they know. I'm sorry. Unless they got family here, okay? Anyway, sorry, man. I'll give you y'all's plug to get it changed. <laughs> I just think, no, I, I, I said that to say it's, a, it's fun to me. It's beautiful to see Jesus don't care about all these foolish worldly agendas. Jesus loves to meet everybody right where they're at. That, I think that's cool. I do. I think it's really cool. But I'm starting to uh, get warm in this jacket. So, yeah, we all deal, he said the other day, um, no, he didn't say the other day, he said just a while ago, um, that we're all going through things, you know what I'm saying? Listen, I, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted me to tell you things. I don't think that ministers most time are very transparent with you. Like right now, there's some heavy hitters sitting in this room right now, like some people I know. And he's like, well, what are you talking about? Well, you might see some people in this room right now that doesn't normally come every Sunday. And they're, they're heavy hitters. You'll never know about them. There's four or five of them in here because they're, they're, I have relationships with them. And they're, they're, they're anti-celebrity Christianity. But they're heavy hitters. They're people that I heavily, and when I say heavy hitters, I mean they have a faithfulness in God that I admire. But so many times, ministers that get the pulpit, the public whatever ministry, a lot of times they're not transparent, even though they got so much drama going on in their life, but the people, the hearers don't know that. And, they, and then they go to God. I'm not saying they don't get a word. They do get a word, but so many times they give that word in such a professional, godly way, Holy Spirit's moving, but you think that they don't, like, you can't, you can't even hardly hear what they're saying because you're like, man, this dude don't know what, he don't know my nine to five. He don't get it in my workplace. He, he, don't, he don't get it. He's talking all his stuff. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, dude, whatever. He preaches on Sunday. He takes all week to prepare a message. Whatever. Now, I'm sitting in the seat with you right now. <laughs> so, so and there is a breakdown in America, Christian culture. Now, I know this dude. He's a hard worker. And that's why I'm kind of freely talking how I'm talking right now. But in Christian culture, 
there's a huge, huge disconnect between so-called clergy and laity. What are you talking, what's those terms? Those terms are Catholic. Those terms are Catholic. And what they mean is God men and the tithe payers. But in the kingdom of God, in the Bible, that stuff ain't there. That's institutionalism, Christianity, whatever. But that's not in the Bible. And that's why we're going to get into a few things here in a minute about the word ministry. The word minister. I hate all those words. And I'll tell you why here in a minute. Just like I hate the word, like I, I do a lot of stuff in rehabs. I've been through secular rehabs. A lot of them. Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous. And I know you expect me right now as a Christian brother to slam those secular things because they've taken God. Da, 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 da. No, I don't. These people, are, for the most part, are trying to help people. My hat goes off to them. God touched me in secular rehabs. God began a process in me. I didn't get saved there. I didn't get delivered. But God did some things in me in that place. When I met Jesus, he gave me a new heart. That was back in 97. I immediately, the next day, I got my mom and my stepdad here. Arlen, raise your hand. Arlen, he's called the Dirt Man. That's his name. That's his business name. That's not like a derogatory name. That, is actually his, that was his business. He's the Dirt Man, okay? So he did excavate and da-da-da-da. So, so as soon as I got born again, I quit selling drugs, and I went to work for him. And... I was changed. So when I go to rehabs, that was how long, how, how many years is that? That's 97. I know I should know how old I would have been born again and all that, but I don't. So how many years ago was that? 26 years ago. So why would I today go to a rehab? And the other day I was in Lono County Jail. Why would I go and say, hey, my name is Chico and I'm an addict. Why would I do, why? What science? But Chico, you don't understand the power of the one day. I do. I get it. But not concerning my identity. I understand philosophies and, and stuff that, yes, the power, the mind hacks of the one day. I get the power of that because I do that every day when it comes to me working out. I apply the one day power method mind hack to when I work out. Chico, if you just show up, you'll do better. And it works. But concerning my identity, no. Now, I don't, I'm saying that in this Christian thing, and maybe there's some drug counselors here right now, and I'm telling you I appreciate you, but I'm just talking serious to you. And I, and I, and I said that because I hate certain rhetoric. You know, how many, you know what enslaves most people? Rhetoric. I know we give the demons and devils so much power, and maybe they do. But most of the time, the power of life and death is where? That's the Bible. The, um, you will be my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will what? The tr so if the truth sets you free, let's just break this down a little bit. If the truth set you free, what locked you up? I mean, that, that's kind of logical, huh? So to me, I hate certain rhetoric 
because I believe it enslaves people. Or it disables people. And so many times in our Christian culture, I think there has been such a dis- I think people have just been disabled. Like, for instance, just straight up theology. Me and Chad would agree. Like, if I ask him, oh, okay. Because, you know, like there's songs, right? Like, and I will say stuff and you will say stuff like, like, right, man, I need to get closer. I need more. Give me more, Lord. But the, theologically, that's, me and him would never say that's the, the, the good theology. Why? 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 But, but, but you can say, Chico, but that's in the Bible. Draw close to me. I draw close. Yes, it's allegorical. Like when God says, guard your heart. Do you, well, you think he's talking about take heart medicine? You think he means go running? Don't eat cholesterol? Okay, so it's allegorical, right? We would all agree if we got just stripped down to our bare theology. Do you have everything you need? Absolutely. Like right now, you know, so, so in Christianity, I get to see a lot of stuff because I get to travel a lot of places, right? And I get to, so, so over the years, you'll always see a certain concept or a certain ministry kind of take a faddish, uh, pretty good lap around the, around the track. Right now, for the last year, about the last year and a half, year, year and a half, deliverance ministry has blown up. It's nothing new. It did that like some years ago, and it does a full circle, right? It's like there's hype, then there's confusion, then there's clarity, then there's, you know, like it's just, and that becomes with prophecy, that comes with spiritual. Like there's all kinds of concepts that are just faddish. To some people, it's full on, you know, real all the time, but some things are just faddish, right? And so, you know, the whole thing with that, with, um, Oh, man, I just lost what I was going to say. What was it? Huh? Deliverance? Now, I'll be able, right before that, though? That tied into that. Oh, oh, sound theology. Like, 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 nowhere, no way we would ever say, like, me and him would say, all right, have you been? So, cause, so, so a lot of the deliverance ministries get, get kind of, like, hijacked because, like, when people first get saved, some places will say, well, you need something. You need Jesus plus. And some people kind of call it deliverance ministry. Well, man, why don't we just call it discipleship? Why don't we call it just processing? Why don't we call it, hey, man, you had a bunch of crap happen in your life, and you need to process, process through some stuff. Instead of me saying, man, you got a demon. Oh, my God. And then, uh, can a Christian have a demon? Am I even saved? All of a sudden, it's just chaos. And I'm not saying that I got it figured out. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to box it, put it in a box theology. I'm trying to say that a lot of things get really, really confusing because we don't just know the word of God. Me and this man would say, did you get born again? Yes. Was the blood of Jesus enough? Absolutely. Are you free? Absolutely. Uh, but, I, but I had a dream the other day. Yeah. But uh, I had these thoughts. Yeah. But, uh, but, you, but do you believe in Jesus? Yeah. Do you believe he died and rose again for you? Yeah. 
Are you saying yes to him? Are you trying to walk with him? Like, yeah. Well, why are you doubting, you know, like you, you ate some pizza. You had a bad dream. I don't know. You had a stomachache. You know what I'm saying? But if I wanted to market this, yeah, tell me more. Anyway, so, yeah, like I said, we're going to start murdering some of these cows. Okay, so, but see, sound theology is, this man, t- no, you got the blood of Jesus, you're saved, you're born again. Are you still processing? You got some past stuff, PTSD, whatever, yeah, you may have, okay? But you're saved, okay? Now, we get to the thing of where, because a lot of y'all have gotten way past, am I saved or not? Now it's like, okay, now about the, the Holy Spirit flowing through you. And if you would say, you know, so do you have the Holy Spirit? Now, now the Pentecostals get this one really tripped out and weird because they implemented a theology, an actual doctrinal statement saying that you have to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, which, yes, I love, I want it, I, yes, yes, yes. But baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. There has been so many people that weren't willing to fake it and absolutely believe they were never good enough in God because they never got that gift and they have walked away from the faith. I know them, and that's why I'm so mad about it. I know dudes were delivered off crack cocaine, going to church every other day, fired up. Got baptized, going to church, and they were indoctrinated over and over and over. And they were even they were even trying to be coached into speaking in tongues. Just say, and they never felt they were good enough because they were around that rhetoric. And they decided, God, don't I'm not good enough. I'm not even saved, and they went back to the world. So yeah, I got a problem with some of this rhetoric. Now. So, so me, when I'm in the Congo just now, this is going to tie in together. Somehow, some weird, funny way, I don't know how the Holy Spirit's going to tie all this together, okay? Um, so I'm in the Congo, and yes, as I've walked through life in ministry, there's been times where stuff has been highlighted. I need this. I see it in the Word of God. Like, you know, I feel the burden for souls. No, no, no. A lot of times, I don't feel the burden for souls, but I know I probably should. And if we're going to be honest... I don't, you know, everybody right now is saying, oh, there's a fight in Christianity. Is hell or heaven real or not? I would say by action, 90% of Christians don't believe hell exists because if you probably thought it did, you probably would live different. Now, I know, I know as far as head knowledge, I think we believe in it. But like, really, really? I don't know. I'm just saying that because of what, like, because I don't see an urgency, you know? And so so I know that that's wrong. I know that that's wrong for me not to be burdened for souls. I feel that. I'm not trying to put that burden on you, but for me, I know when I'm not thinking about the billions. Y'all understand this? See, Christianity has got you just not... Nada mas. I can't even... I'm thinking in Spanish. Christianity has, has reduced us to how to make our church the best. We don't even think about lost souls. There are billions, not millions, B, billions of people on their way to hell. So there's times, like I say, that, the, you know, 
God will burn, like, like, God, I need this. I'll start to pray for that. I'll start to study. You say, Chico, well, you didn't feel it. No, no. I'm just telling you. I start to study about it. There's times when I see um, about prophecy. I'll see things in the New Testament about money. I'll see things about um, deliverance. I'll see it about healing. I'll see it about the power of God, witnessing, uh, uh, teaching, instruction. Okay. So when I, when, I, when I feel those things, I start to study. So when I was in the Congo, Africa just now, because it is, everybody's a Christian by name. Just like if in, in the Arab nations, everybody's a Muslim by name. In Mexico, Latin America, everybody's Catholic by name. In the Bible Belt, everybody's Baptist or Pentecostal by name at least. It's culture. So I'm in the Congo feeling this burden where I know I'm going to be going out. I do not want to participate. What time? It's 12 o'clock. Lord of mercy. I don't want to just sit here and I don't know. I don't want to just know how to showcase a new thing to Christians. Because I, I, I believe I can do that. I believe that's demonic. So I'm knowing God, like, okay, I know, like, I don't, you know, I don't need more. I have the Holy Spirit living in me that raised Jesus from the dead. But I'm not walking in like awareness of it right now. Like, I'm not burdened. I'm not like, I'm not desiring it, maybe. I don't know, you know, like, and, and you know, this is the thing. I want, because I see this biblically. Not because of charismania. I see this biblically that the way that Jesus did it was proclaim the truth and it was confirmed with power. That's how I see it in the Bible. That's not what they taught me at Bible school. That's what I see in the Bible. I see that was the example of Jesus. I see that was the example of the apostles. Did they walk around all the time every day? And I don't know about that, but I'm telling you, when I see the gospel proclaimed in the, the New Testament, I see it accompanied by power. And I don't want to be good at trying to give you a good theology of why someone don't get delivered. I don't want to learn how to do that. I want to see God's power move because I want people to really meet him. And so, and so I get to, so, so I lay on my, so I'm getting bit by mosquitoes there's no so the, the the electricity over there off and on off and on right and um yeah i'm in this little this little place called kananga and uh that's on my heart at this moment that like the healing like because I, I know i'm fixing to go out be with people and so i do what i do i go to study in the bible just to not i've already read it a million times i know it's real but i don't know somehow some way to make myself aware to access it i don't know Maybe I'm playing tricks with myself. I don't know. But that's what I do. And every time, every single time, and I forget this. I don't know how I forget this every time. But every time that I get back to whatever I'm studying to be more aware of, I always see the solution is the same thing. And it's just getting close to him. I'm sitting there listening to Smith Wigglesworth that's all I hear. Don't hear how, what, no gimmick, no formula, nothing. Just spending time with God. 
spending time in the word. And of course, I'm rebuked like, yeah, you already knew that. And I'm, I'm not going to be able to go like I wanted today because it's, it's just time, not time. But I'm sitting in this, I'm so, so I'm with this, this, new, this new missionary couple there. They're from Canada. They, I have been discipling these young people for a good bit now. They came to visit me in Mexico. They saw, and they, they felt like God called them to the Congo after they had been to Mexico and say, we're going to go do what you do in the Congo. Uh, i say, okay. So I went to visit them. And I'm sitting there, and we're sitting there with some potential leaders maybe in, a, in just in a yard eating their food. And all of a sudden, this guy comes up. He sees us because in the yard sitting there talking to the people, and it's a Muslim guy. I didn't know this at the time. I just knew a guy came up because I can't understand their language. And they say, hey, this guy, his back's hurt. He needs to be healed. So we get up, and we pray for him in Jesus' name. God heals him instantly. Like there's, like there's evidence, like there's not no like tricking him. There's evidence that he feels better right then and there. And he walks off and, da, 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 and they're talking. And the guy comes back to tell us, he's like, that dude there, he's a Muslim. He came kind of like testing y'all. He does have true back, he does have real back problems. And he, and he, he wanted something, but at the same time, he was just kind of like, not as a mockery, but just like, well, let's just see. Because that's what he asked when he walked up. What are these guys doing here? Well, they, they believe in Jesus. Da, 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 da. And they're like, okay. Well, let's see if, it, kinda, it was a kind of thing. Well, let's just see if it's really real then. So I said all that to say, that happened a couple of days ago. And... You don't go out and make a ministry about that, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I was studying, I'm going to go ahead and jump really fast to this. When I was studying, because I've always had a problem with, like, the word. I've always had a problem with people calling me missionary. I've always had a problem with people calling the minister. Because when I read the Bible, I just don't really see. I just don't see it. And then I realize in the Bible, it's not there. Those English translations are not there. When you think of a minister, let's get out and take away your Christianity right now. When you think of a minister, the word you think of a ministry, minister outside of religion, what is it? Prime minister or something like that. It's authority. It's a secular term. It's something, it's a transliteration. It's, 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 not, it's not in the Bible. You know, what, you know what it is? You know what it should be like uh, translated as? Servant, because that's all it means. Study it. There's two words in Greek comes up with it. The one is the root for deacons. You know what deacons is? It's not a board. You know what? You know where you saw it first? Serving tables. But you know what? Those dudes had to be qualified. It wasn't some. You know? You remember Stephen? You remember Philip the Evangelist? Yeah, they were deacons. In simple terms, they were just servants. And that's all it is in the Bible. But we 
have romanticized in, in, in the, the, edu- the education, no, the educated clergy has created this thing to make this separation minister. And now we're in this thing of ministries. You know what the Bible says that we all have? We have the ministry of reconciliation. We have the helper, Holy Spirit. I got a question for you. I'm just provoking you. Why didn't just ministers get the Holy Spirit? If they're the only ones that are supposed to minister. Gifts. What are they for? Gifts of who? Holy Spirit. Yeah. Gifts of Holy Spirit. What are they for? So I guess what I'm trying to say is this right here. Check your motives. If you get in the secret place with Jesus, all of those motives will become more and more pure, more and more clean. You will want to do it for a different reason. Have you you ever seen Paul Have you ever seen Peter in the New Testament elevate themselves? Did you ever, have you ever heard, have you ever heard of them flexing? You don't even know Paul did any miracles except the Dr. Luke told you about it. Paul never told you he raised the dead. He did though. Paul never told you that he threw off this poisonous snake and won a tribe to Jesus, but he did though. Paul never told you that his handkerchiefs were healing people, but he did, though. You hear what I'm saying? So what did Paul tell you, though? Man, I prayed three times about this thorn in my flesh. Instead of God taking that, he gave me a revelation that his grace was sufficient. He had a prayer ministry. Ask your question. What do y'all think? How much, how, how, in, in, we're talking about influence in the kingdom of God. And as far as influence in the kingdom of God, do you think Paul's public pulpit ministry had more influence in the kingdom of God or his jail time? Absolutely. Hey, what did he have there? He had a ministry of prayer. He wrote, oh, let me think about it. Some of the New Testament there. You know what I'm saying? So I guess I'm trying to take down the sacred cow of ministry, minister, because so many of you hearing that don't think you are invited and don't think you're capable of doing it. You know where I've seen true freedom? Man, so bad while I go, I felt, and I feel bad because I should have took off running with those kids. Because... Unless you become like a kid, you don't get in, you know? Hey, hey, hold on. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I, okay. She's, she, she pulled my card. I'm telling you out of experience, people, I get to have, oh, real quick. Hey, Tyler. Hey, Facebook, 
we'll see you uh, next week, or if he comes back on, we're going we're gonna to leave here for a second. I need to talk about something that came. He will be back with us this evening. Uh, we're not going to do a formal service this evening, but you guys are welcome to come back. It's going to be more of a Q&A, sitting around, talking, sharing, um, more relational family type stuff, um, kind of like what we normally do on Sunday nights anyway. Um, but if you, if you want to come back this evening, you're more than welcome to. Uh, it'll be real laid back, stripped back, but we'll, we'll be just hanging out together, and uh, you're welcome to come back. But you guys, uh, ask the Lord if the Lord's put anything on your heart to help them in their ministry for finances and, and aid for any of that, and even just praying for them, uh, and then please do that. But thank you all so much for coming, and uh, let's just pray. Father, we, we, we just pray that we are challenged in our hearts and that you're glorified by what you challenge us in, that our reception would be pleasing to you, that what has come forth, Father, would push, push us to the next uh, stage of growth in our life, the next transition into you, where you're ready to reveal more of who you are to us. We, uh, we thank you, Lord. We honor you. We ask for uh, your blessing upon Brother Chico's family uh, and everything that he does. Uh, we, we, we thank you for uh, allowing him to come and be a part of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight at 6 p.m., guys, if you want to come, you're welcome.